Welcome back to another episode of Plugged Into. This week we're talking to Kelly Lee, artist and songwriter, all about branding and building your profile. I'm your host, Kimmy Dixon, and I'm the founder of Hypertribe. But before we get started, just an update of what we're doing over at Hypertribe. We're all about building the artist entrepreneur and putting artists in a position of power, which is why Plugged Into is all about artist development to help artists that are coming through to be able to learn from those who have been there and done that. We've also started a mentoring program that closes on the 6th of May, 2020, where we have artists such as Kelly Lee that are mentoring artists that are just coming through. So if you want to participate in that, just head over to hypertribe.io forward slash mentee form and just fill that out. Deadline is the 6th of May, so get going. Hi, Kelly Lee. Thanks so much for coming on the show and coming to talk to us. I just want to know in your own words a little bit about your story and your journey and you can tell the listeners you know a little bit about how you come to where you are today. Sure thanks for having me Kimmy that's awesome. So I basically sang two top uh, sorry three <laughs> good, good great start great start. Um, I <laughs> sang three UK top 10 singles uh, two were number one and one was Grammy nominated. Two of them didn't have my name on the record, but my voice was everywhere. I've always wanted to be an artist myself, but I think I had a lot of low self-esteem. I've always been extremely creative and kind of known that I was an artist myself and created, but never really fully put me first. And uh, I suppose I kind of got a bit frustrated after the third top 10 single happened, which was More Than Friends with James Hype. I felt like I was being completely overlooked. I didn't have any labels wanting to kind of pick me up. You know, it would have been a label come on board and say, look, we could put you on this. We could do this, this kind of thing. Your your voice is a proven track record at radio and obviously, and your your voice is making hits, you know, is being involved in hits. Yeah. So I kind of had no other choice really, but to back myself. So in 2008, I um, started my own label, uh, Music Core. Um, music Core is obviously music and then Core Strength because I had a car crash in 2013. Wow. And I was in a wheelchair yeah. for a bit and I had a severely prolapsed L5S1 disc. And um, the core, I basically had to learn a lot of Core Strength, like Pilates, to get my back up and running again. So that's kind of what Music Core is for me. And um, just, yeah, mm. the Core Strength at the heart of what I do and create. And um, yeah, the last few years have been a massive learning curve and I've learned a lot more about the music industry itself as well, how much you need to be on top of things, but I'm sure we'll, we'll come to that. Um, so yeah, now <laughs> I'm... Um, fully running my label. I've just had my fifth release called Cotton Clouds, which is the first release of 2020 for me. Um, and it got added to Apple, Breaking Pop, Pop Deluxe, New Music Daily and Shazam Best New Music on Apple and Spotify New Pop UK. So that's really cool. And the remix has just dropped and just got added to Spotify New Dance Revolution. So yeah, things are going well. Awesome. Full on. Yeah, everyone go buy it. Everyone go buy it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Go buy, stream, download, all those things. Awesome. So uh, let's just take it back a little bit to when you first kind of started out. So let's talk about, um, uh, you mentioned confidence. I think that's something that everybody struggles with, right? In any industry, to be honest. But yeah, tell me a little bit about that time and we'll slowly work forward into into the present day. 
I think um, when you're creative, I mean, a lot of people suffer from low self-esteem. I mean, I was bullied quite a lot growing up and I kind of struggled with my self-identity because I had a lot of people throw opinions at me at at how I should or shouldn't be behaving. And that was quite a confusing time because I always knew in my heart, you know, who I was. And I've always been very, very headstrong. I haven't really been swayed by anyone in terms of having to do anything, but what I did feel I I kind of took upon was other people's negative opinions on me or what I you know should or shouldn't be doing and I would really internalize that and a lot of the time I would just feel I wasn't good enough really so I knew the thing that was really great in a non-arrogant way was my voice and my vocal ability that always stood out and that for me became kind of my safety net and my my power but in that I still didn't have the power and confidence for myself as an individual. And um, when those songs all became, you know, hits, the first two being I Got You with Duke Jamont Jack Jones, second one being I Want to Feel for Second City, they both went to number one within a month of each other. I had no management at the time. I, it was all kind of crazy, quite exciting, but also I was still recovering from my back injury, so I couldn't, like, walk too far or anything. Yeah. And it was a real weird mix of feelings because it was you know the initial feeling was oh my god this is incredible I've sung two number one singles my voice is literally everywhere on radio and then the next minute thinking but hold on a minute I'm not really making any money (laughs) and wow and uh yeah yeah, and I don't don't really this is something's something's not right here that's weird and it's kind of like oh that's that's my voice there and you know and I think that was also the start of me really realizing how I wasn't I wasn't fully respecting myself and I wasn't putting weight on what my abilities were and and you know and I think also the music industry sort of feels a bit like that it's like people can sniff it on you like you know if you go near a dog and you're you're afraid they sniff it on you it's kind of like that in the industry it's like if you're not sure of yourself people pick up on it really quickly and that means they might dismiss you or treat you like you're not really an artist or whatever so I had a lot of you know, self-discovery to do, um, go, no, no, this is me. This is what my voice is. This is the sound that I want to do. And also being like, allowing myself to also change that. Like I've always had a general sound that I like, but you adapt it as you learn more and your musicality learn more and you do more studio sessions and your writing increases. And then you work with different producers and you push boundaries and that kind of thing. And I basically was like, I need to do this for me. Like music and being a creative, it's it's kind of like breathing. And when you lock yourself down, you feel a lot of negative energy. You feel it from other people towards you. And then you kind of put that back out because you're frustrated. And I felt like I was sort of starting to do that because I was confused and I was, you know, upset that I was everywhere, but I wasn't getting any help from anyone or any guidance or any support. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, what what do I need to do? And I mean, I think that's one thing that, you know, I, I went to um, Brit, which was really cool space to be involved in. Just so that people, if people don't know what that is, obviously, it's, it's a massive, uh, it's Brit school. It's yeah. where all the kind of like massive people kind of come out of, you know, you've got Adele, you've got Jesse J, I think, just to say, say a few. Is that, is that, that's, yeah the kind of premise of it (laughs) that's that's literally it and I mean like it's an incredible place because it's like the only free performing art school and for me coming from a very poor background that was an amazing space to be able to get into and go to because financially couldn't afford to do 
you know, private schools or a kind of like theatre schools or any of that kind of thing, um, yeah. which wasn't really my vibe anyway. I'm more music than I am theatre or anything like that. But um, Brit was great to be able to do that and be in that environment. However, I felt like it didn't teach you there actually how to grow yourself as an artist. We kind of just made music and stuff and performed and got to use equipment, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. But then there was no lesson in how to grow yourself for me. So tell us the difference between making music and growing as an artist. Because I think there's a really, there's a clear distinction. Obviously, you know that distinction, but I think there's a lot of people that don't understand the distinction between those two things. Yes, it's a good question. So I think when you put yourself forward more as an artist and you believe in yourself, you start using the power of saying no and that is saying, no, I, I don't want to sing that record because it doesn't suit my sound and it's not something I love. Or to the producer, no, I don't like the way that that sounds. I don't, I don't like that sound that you've used. It needs to be more like this. And, and it's basically taking control and ownership of who you are. And even if you feel like the choices are, are maybe wrong or not someone else's cup of tea or it, it's not what the current in thing is because yeah. there's, there's a lot of that put on us as music people. You know, something goes massive and then major labels all want what is currently massive and they try and find that and put it out as quickly as possible to make revenue. Yeah, But that isn't great for being an artist yourself because once you start trying to copy and follow someone else's path, you're already you know, disintegrating or diminishing your own talent. I mean, there's definitely ways to take influence from other Mm -hmm. people. Influence is a different thing, but retaining your core self. So that conversation of brand and um, just playing music. And I think that you're really hitting on something here that is that generally people who are looking to be artists, the separation is is the brand element of being able to find your own style and and there's I don't know whether you agree with this or not but I heard this um this saying of if if you're trying to copy what's on radio you're already out of date yes meaning that that. you have to follow your own kind of path because you know things come and go right yes absolutely that is exactly right I totally agree with that and it's really like fundamental because you're sound and style might not be something anyone cares about for a couple of years and then whilst you're still building that you'll suddenly do something which is incredible and everybody loves it and it becomes the sound and style and I think it's also being you know I didn't find my brand straight away I didn't really know what my brand is and my my brand's still evolving but I know my overall sound like I labeled my music anthemic pop some people think that describes my music perfectly some people are like I'm not sure that describes it perfectly but for to me that makes sense in terms of the sonics of what I'm trying to put out and what I want to create and from my first release till now so my first release was Do Not Be Love Like This which was in 2018 which was the first release and now to Cotton Clouds you can see it in my visuals in my Mm -hmm. branding um how I've taken more and more and more and more control and less input from other people there's a graphic designer, um, Cameron at Studio 10, who I've been working with since my first release, and he's absolutely incredible. And we've been together on this journey now since 2018, he did my first release. And sort of having input from like ex-managers and stuff like, no, that doesn't look good, or we should have that, and blah, 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 blah. My brain was like, okay, well, I kind of like that, or I'm not sure about that, but then what do you think about that? And then, And then when I look back at some of my products I've already put out, I'm like, I love this moment, but then that I don't really like as much. 
because mm-hmm. someone's giving me their personal opinion of what my brand should be or my you know my visual at that point and actually that isn't doesn't sit right with me so now mm-hmm. you know and so more and more and more across the releases I'm so much more in control of deciding and this is my biggest year of being completely in control like Cotton Clouds video I co-edited then my next release which is uh, scheduled for April 17th my sister shot the video and I edited the whole thing so it's my editing my sister filming (laughs) um the artwork that I was talking about with Cameron um we do everything together I'm very specific about what I like and he knows me so well now so he you know he comes with his ideas and whatever I go yes I love that I'm not sure about that let's tweak that and so now I feel like I'm putting out me and whether people like it or not obviously the hope is that it reaches the masses of global domination and I win a Grammy and a Brit one day, you know, but my heart feels like I'm breathing and I feel like I'm musically putting myself out there. And with each release, I learn a bit more, I, you know, and I make yeah. another contact and then I'm getting it on another playlist. And then, then one release will have like no reaction whatsoever. And it will stream low when I think it should have streamed better, but then, you know, something else would do amazing. And, and it's basically just constantly building, constantly building, constantly learning. And I think the thing that's horrible as well for a lot of us independent artists is that pressure of thinking because of the major label model, you've got to put something out. It's got to be an absolute smash. You know, it's got to, if it's, it's not done well, if it's not done a million streams and, and it's not, you know, played by every radio person or whatever. And it's like, well, actually just putting myself out is because people can constantly come back to the music. Once the music's out, it's always discoverable. And another thing I found is I've had some really good support from regional radio stations through Heart Heart Media, Joe Hart, who runs regional radio plugging, and she's been amazing. And I've had some really awesome support from regional radio stations. And that's something that I feel a lot of people neglect to not look at. It's like, well, if you get it on, you know, Radio One or something like that, then it's everywhere and then everyone has to play it. But that isn't a model that necessarily works for an independent artist. You need to keep building the people and the brands that are supporting you. And they might be smaller, but smaller brands, they grow more and they grow more. And, you know, and obviously everybody wants Radio 1 play. I'm I'm hitting up Radio 1 with my music. But in the meantime, these regional radio stations who are really loving my sound and supporting it, and they're playing it to their listeners, even if that's, what, 10 people to hundreds to a couple of thousand, are ingested my music and then maybe at some point it will be heard somewhere else and like I know this record where is that from oh that's the ask Kelly Lee I think I heard her name or let me look her up on Spotify or I'll follow her now you know yeah and and it's a journey and it's growth yeah and I think right there you you really nailed um like people understanding their voice as well like the brand and your voice and finding your voice while you're developing is just so essential and that comes from your values as well so your values of how you want to be as an artist might might be so different someone else yeah one question that I think that a lot of people struggle with is how do you retain your vocal and you know the voice that you want within the studio and with your brand versus perhaps someone that you're already working with or perhaps a management team that's quite extensive and experienced how do you really kind of put your kind of hills in the ground and just say look this is what I really want to be doing how do you juggle that I think it's about not being fearful and I think you also have to be wise and clever because you know something could be something that you really think sounds amazing 
might actually not and someone's being really honest with you that like this this needs to tweak and this needs to change but I think that comes from your gut instinct and knowing how well you know those people like I've got a few very close people that we've got as mutual friends that um, I trust with my music a lot and I might run stuff by them and they will give me their opinion and I'll take in what I feel you know, I feel is right or listen to it and go, yeah, okay, that applies. You're right. Let me adapt that. Or like, actually, no, I think this is right this time. And you have to, because the amount of times that I've done that and I've swayed, I've always felt worse about it or not as satisfied mm. with the release as I should have done or, you know, and the more you kind of, maybe I think a word I might use is thinning, the more you sort of thin yourself out to allow other people's opinions of that come in, you're thinning your art. And that's what you want to avoid. You want to be able to trim it in the the greatest way possible, which works for your benefit and your growth. But you'll know those people because those people are consistent and those people will be there for a very long time and they will, you know, keep growing. Like I had um, an ex-manager who loved one of the videos I made, was on the video shoot loved every second of it said it was incredible and then when it was done sent it to someone else in the industry and they came back saying they didn't like the video they didn't think it looked that great and then he came back to me and said the video is not that great it's not that good don't know why we did it like this you should have been more blah 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 and that for me was just this is another wow reason, yeah, yeah that's another reason why he's an ex-manager but <laughs> I just felt a bit like how dare you like that's not management. We need to be proud of this content. We put it out and not everyone's going to like something. It's like, you know, someone will eat one piece of food and say it's awesome. One people, certain person will say it, it tastes disgusting. Or, you know, you'll go into the Tate and look at one piece of artwork and someone's blown away. Another person's like, I could have made this with my eyes closed. You know, that <laughs> is art. And if you have someone who's going to sort of make, break you down and not build you up, the, the way to do that would have been to be like, okay, well, some of the feedback I've had is this. So maybe on the next video, let's try and address those issues. And how can we, how can we build on that? That's what a team should be doing. A team should be constantly building you up. And if they're not building, then bringing the positives and utilizing those negatives to turn into positives, then they shouldn't be around you and they shouldn't be around your art. And yeah, I've learned that the hard way several times now <laughs> I think I think it's the same for anything like even in a company or if you know you're thinking of yourself as a business once you have a bit of poison in there yeah. and you're trying to almost be like I mean I like to put it in business terms because it's the best way that I relate but um it, it's like you're the CEO of your own business and if you've got someone at the at, you know that's working with you that's constantly telling you that you're horrible and not good at your job and everything you're not really going to do very well and yeah. and this whole process it, it's a journey so yeah it, it is about evolving it isn't about getting things too perfect obviously you want to be able to present yourself in the best way possible but it's still a journey and it's still evolving so artists they do evolve they do take you know um maybe something that was put up you know 10 years ago that you probably want to be taking down now yeah but it, but it brings a brings a really good question of you know you're in a position right now where the Grammys you know success and obviously there was an issue there with why there wasn't kind of money coming through at a particular time mm -hmm. can you explain those steps and perhaps might like you know the things that you might have done before this all kind of all the you know tunes started coming out with uh, Duke Dumont and everything before all of that that you might have changed I would have loved to have 
better knowledge of the industry really like I thought I knew a bit but really the last couple of years I've I've really learned um and I think the thing that would have set me in favor is if I'd already had a better brand and profile for when those songs came out I mean I was frustrated that no major labels were banging down my door to help develop me but what we've all discovered in the last few years is that artist development deals don't really happen anymore they want a package so I I I think if I could gone back then I would have you know again addressed my self-esteem known who I was had already been putting myself out there had already started growing my content um and my image as as a self because I hadn't. I I wasn't doing that at the time. I was also a backing singer and I was just sort of paying my bills because, you know, I needed to earn money and, and pay my bills, which I love those days as well because I learned so much and I experienced so much and I grew my voice. And some people like in industry sometimes frown upon the kind of session industry, which I don't like. It's like, you know, you're not an artist or you blah, blah, blah. So true. But yeah, <laughs> but I, I learned myself in those, you know, sessions and scenarios. I grew yeah. my voice having to sing Aretha Franklin, Shaka Khan, Tina Turner, wow. Whitney every night, you know, and that's, you know, one of the things that that vocal training I could never have replaced. But then at the same time, that isn't a great way to build an artist self. It, it, it all works together. And I think the quicker you start having a conversation with yourself and going, who do I want to be? What is my sound? What do I love? What makes me feel good? What am I putting out which feels good? What are the reactions? And just start testing and treading the waters. That way people are going to realize more that you are an artist and you're a brand and you're an, you're an entity or you're something that's yeah. growing. Because unfortunately in the music industry, it's like, they'll look at you very quickly. And I mean, I've done it myself now. I'm building like, you know, someone will send me a track and then like, oh, I'd love to have your vocals on this. And I will, I'm so busy. I will just quickly look at how their branding looks. I'll listen to the song see if I like it. If I like it, that's a different, you know, then it grows from there. I'll see, okay, what is their branding? Like, blah, blah, blah. If I don't like it, I'll just dismiss it straight away. And, you know, and because people are so fast in the industry. So you do have that few second window to show people who you are, like make sure your biographies across your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Spotify, your Apple Music, all of that is cohesive. You know, your website is there if people want to look at it. Your artist images are what you like. And then what you touched upon earlier on is, yeah, if, if cull stuff, go back through your socials. You're like, that post's old. It doesn't really represent me anymore. Delete it or archive it. And just keep doing that. Just think about like, you're a company now. It's hard to think about all those areas, but this is what the future of artists is. It's, I mean, Prince said it years ago. He's one of my favorite artists in the world. He's like, you can be your own label, your, your representative, your team. You just have to have complete knowledge and faith. And that's what they, as Prince said at this, I think, Grammy speech, are scared of, like the major label industry, because you could build your own brand and entities. I wish the major labels would do that more and support more independent artists and it could be such an amazing thing. You know, having your huge, huge, huge Ed Sheeran's, Dua Lipa's, Ariana Grande's and then have these smaller artists coming through because the reason why so many of us have been forced to do it now is because the polar opposites are extreme. Like the gulf is extreme between huge artists and, you know, someone small who's trying to break through. And that's why, you know, every 
chance that you get, you've got to keep building. Like today, I decided to put on my Twitter and Instagram, I said, I'm going to start an independent artist playlist because I just feel like there's not enough playlists on Spotify. Awesome. I love it. Absolutely love it. Which is really um, cool. And I've had so many messages already, so many songs that I've already started updating the list and I've already got over to an over an hour's worth of music and I've still had many messages that I haven't got through yet. And that's cool. And it's like, wow, there's so many of us. If we can... If independent artists can support each other more and unite more as well, that might have more of the industry pay attention. So yeah, and and we'll we'll retweet all of that as well, um, all the all the and everything. Just make sure that we're kind of supporting people through that journey because it's it, it is really important. But just on the last little bit of our chat, can you just tell us what you're doing with the label at the moment? Yeah, and have you got some more people? You know, that are coming through and and what what's going on with the artist development side in particular? Well, sure. The label is literally just for me at the moment. I definitely would have to cope um, releasing other artists uh, right now because it's it's <laughs> it's all encompassing. I'm you know I'm investing in it myself, and um, what what I'm doing is for my own songs. I'm putting out my singles, and then the remix of those singles, videos um, that I'm producing where I can, and then all the artwork that goes alongside that, and then and then I'm collaborating with other artists on their releases, like features on on dance records and stuff. And so the label is kind of building in that sense at the moment and getting more on more and more playlists. So hopefully building up the revenue that comes in because it's it's quite doable for people listening. You might not know a million streams on Spotify is roughly about £4,000. And to get to a million streams is hard work, but it is doable if you can manage to get onto the right players and stuff. And if you start thinking about you know, building up your brand and releasing your music, if there's one song that manages to do do something and get onto those playlists and suddenly blow up, you could actually make a really good income for yourself through your own music and art, which you can then reinvest into your own music. So that's where I'm at with my label is I'm releasing stuff, um, you know, doing contracts with producers for the songs and getting them out through my label. And then, you know, if a song does really well, then paying revenue, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's good. It's just full on. It's hard work. I'm self-managing as well. So <laughs> self-managing the label, but have an amazing graphic designer on your side, like Cameron at Studio 10. I can't shout out enough because he's been part of the journey and, you know, he sees things as well. He's totally honest. Like my, my first video that I shot my sister without you, um, we had loads of content but we hadn't shot it quite right we were both learning about lighting and all kinds of stuff and he was really honest he said that this one main shot is your best shot so let's use that and we'll make it a lyric video and that's what we did and it looks great and that was that was me trusting you know someone who I've worked with for a while to be really honest and go this is going to be what's better for your brand right now and this keeps things building and we're like oh yeah 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 you're right and I agreed I was like that shot is the shot that works and then I move on from there and now this next video that my sister and I have shot we learned a lot more and the video's I'm really proud of it, of how it's looking, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing I would sort of suggest, sorry, quickly. Um, I don't know, go for it. If you do have your own songs coming out and you are on your things, be prepared and don't do things last minute. Like I've got my next three singles lined up. You have to upload DSP. So if you're using someone like AWOL, who I'm with, you have to like, upload your song at least four weeks before it's going to come out. So for that, you need the artwork already done. And the artwork will take a couple of weeks if you're back and forthing on stuff. So know exactly what image you're using for that. And that works for obviously all your banners and et cetera, et cetera. Like, like you've got to really have a plan and a strategy yeah. before you release, right? If, uh, yeah, total. So you need at least two months lead time to make sure your artwork, branding, mastering, 
picture is all done, contracts and agreements with your producers, all that kind of stuff. So it's all ready to so go. Important. Just to highlight what you've just said as well with your team, it sounds like it's quite a small team, but yes. you don't need a big team to be successful. I think people get the wrong idea that you need to be like this huge, you know, entourage with like, you know, you've got to be making millions and billions. It's like, you know, let's take it one step at a time. Why don't you just make enough to be able to sustain yourself? And then let's get to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage, you know, and I think that you've proven that it doesn't have to be the massive entourage. Like it's just a team of people that you're close to that you can trust. Don't get wrapped up in the whole rock star lifestyle let's put it that way there's you know the stereotype yes exactly that just people who feel positive and if you can collaborate with other artists and you know if you know an artist use their their art for your for your artwork or if you know someone who does filming stuff who wants to produce a video or something work together and create and create and share each other's art and yeah it's just growing positive energy growing and don't be fearful of don't be fearful of failure because you will fail with something at some point and then the next thing that you put out will be amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kelly Lee, for coming on the show. Thank you for um, having me. Super helpful and um, we'll definitely be retweeting and um, and keeping in touch with you anyway. So thank you. That's awesome. No, thank you, Kimmy. It's awesome. Thank you so much for listening this week. My name's Kimmy Dixon and I've been your host. And that was Kelly Lee. If you want to find any of her stuff, jump online and do support her. She's got some awesome singles that have just come out. As ever, we're always back at 12 p.m. every single Wednesday, where we'll be releasing a new podcast episode. Next week, we'll be speaking to AIM, the Association of Independent Music. If you don't know about them, you should definitely check that one out because they're a core part of the independent scene. Until next time, do take care of yourself. And make sure you're staying safe during these trying times and see you next week.